Welcome to the YouTube Creators Hub podcast, where we help you conquer the internet one video at a time. We cover everything from how to start a YouTube channel to how to make a video go viral. And now, here's your host, the one and only Dusty Porter. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 175 of the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. Dusty here. Man, what an awesome week it has been. Um, I am preparing to go out of town in a couple of days with my family. Um, it is kind of our last hurrah before school starts back for my wife. Um, you know, now we have two kids instead of one. And so we're getting used to our new r- routine, our rhythm. Um, and so we're going away with my family to the beach for about five or six days. I'm so looking forward to that. Got a lot of work to do while I'm there. But for the most part, I'm going to try to check out of social media. I'm going to try to disconnect and get refreshed, ready for uh, the the latter half of the year with the podcast, with my YouTube channel. And I've got some really fun stuff planned. Uh, huge shout out and thank you to TubeBuddy for continuing to sponsor this show. It is because of them I am able to put the time that I put and dedicate into this podcast. Definitely go check them out in the, the show notes of this podcast. Also, something new I'm doing, um, as you all know, uh, this show's also brought to you by the patrons. You guys, you can donate as little as a dollar, as much as $45 every month to help me. Uh, with those different tiers, you get access to a private Discord area uh, where you can share your videos, get critique on your channel, and bounce ideas off of other creators like yourself. And something new, at the $5 tier and above, I am going to start taking uh, podcast questions from the patrons. And I have one this week coming in from Tell Stewart. If you'd like to um, submit a question to the show, uh, please hop on over to Patreon, support us at that $5 tier or greater, and then you'll have access to the uh, podcast question area over on Discord. He says, what is the best way to approach a collaboration idea? We are small right now, but growing, 300 subs, but we have a grand ideas. We want to ask other channels that align with our content and values, but we have very little to bring to the table if we do collaboration with a larger channel. How important is collaboration? Is there a certain set of requirements, consistency, content, community, that establishes channels look before they decide to greenlight a smaller channel like ours? We are not above collaboration with smaller channels either. Tell, this is a loaded and jam-packed question, so I'm going to keep this as brief but as informative as possible. Number one, collaborations are very important, especially for channels that are just getting started and growing. Uh, number two, uh, to reach above your channel grade per se, uh, or you know, a, a different size of channel than yours. Let's say you're reaching to an 1,000 subscriber channel. I think they'd be completely fine collaborating with you because they're still at the stage of where they're looking to do new and unique things. Uh, And then thirdly, probably most importantly, when it comes to collaborations, you have to think of the mutual benefits for both creators. So when you reach out to another creator to collaborate with them, you don't just need to say, hey, my name is Bob. I have channel X, Y, and Z, and I'd like to collaborate with you. What do you think? You need to put more thought and more depth into that email. You need to say, hey, my name is Bob. My channel is this, and it is about this, and here is our channel analytics. We get this many views, this many subscribers. Uh, The actual demographics of our audience is this and this, and here's why I think this would be beneficial for your channel, and here's what I propose. Normally with collaborations, you do a, uh, a group or a duo video on your channel and then vice versa for the other channel. That way you're cross-pollinating the different audiences. 
And so there really isn't a magical number to which I tell people you need to start collaborating at this subscriber count or at this view count. You really just need to figure out what's best for you, what works best for your content, and don't be afraid to reach out to larger channels. I've done collaborations with channels uh, before, and you can tell by me doing this podcast, interviewing people who have, you know, again, 100 subscribers all the way to, you know, 10, 15 million subscribers. It really doesn't matter. If the value or the value add or value proposition is there and you can present that to the other creator as to why you think this would be beneficial to both parties, I think you're going to have a great mutual partnership. And I think that collaborations could be great for all different sizes of creators. Tell what a great question. I look forward to more questions uh, from you as well. Again, don't forget you can support us over on Patreon for $5 tier and get access to uh, submit your question to maybe be featured on the podcast. Uh, And then lastly, before we jump into this week's interview, I just want to let you know that I've been receiving mail, whether you want to call it fan mail, merchandise, whatever you want to call it, I now have a P.O. box. And so you can send me stuff uh, from your channel, different things that you think I might find interesting over to my P.O. box. It's Dusty Porter P.O. Box 7028 Chestnut Mountain, Georgia 30502. That will be in the show notes of this podcast as well. Uh, And I possibly would wear your merch on a future stream or shout you out in a future podcast. Something I think just another cool thing that we can do here to interact with our community on the podcast. All right. This week's interview is a awesome, awesome interview. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Let's go ahead and jump into it right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. Dusty here, and I am joined today. My guest is Dr. Danielle Jones. She is known online as Mama Dr. Jones. She's a practicing OBGYN. She is a mom to four young kiddos and a digital content creator. She has a passion for humor, science, education, and work-life balance. She created her YouTube channel. Now, I want you guys to hear this properly. She created her YouTube channel in January of this year, 2019, as a creative outlet where those four passions could overlap and hopefully help fight medical misinformation in the process. She truly appreciates the close-knit community on YouTube and hopes to continue building a place for people to come for entertainment and leave a bit more informed about their health. So I do want to list a couple of numbers before I introduce her properly. She now has, after starting in January of 2019, she now has 107,000 plus subscribers. So we're going to talk about how she has grown her channel so quickly, how she gets videos with over 1.5 million views in just over two weeks and so much more. Danielle, how are you doing today? I'm doing so good, Dusty. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited to chat with you. No, this is going to be good. I've got a bunch of questions that I normally ask and a bunch of questions that I want to specifically ask you. But before we do any of that stuff, I want you to talk to me about December of 2018, right? When you were thinking about starting the Mama Dr. Jones YouTube channel, what was your thought process? And talk about the origin story of the YouTube channel. Sure. So this... It's kind of an interesting story, but I've had a little bit of an online presence for a long time, maybe 10 years. I started blogging as a medical student, and then in residency, I kind of took a hiatus because I was working a lot, and I had newborn twins, and it was just a lot. But when I got out of residency and started my practice, I started on Instagram kind of micro-blogging, and it grew, and I was happy about it. But 
I was doing a lot of live streams and a lot of Q and A's that would be talking about topics that people would ask me about. Like they wanted to talk about having a normal delivery after having had a C-section and they would want my input on that. And it would be something we'd live streamed about, you know, a week ago, but it was gone. I didn't have, I couldn't reference it anymore and send it to them because it disappears on Instagram after 24 hours. So my first thought was I'll just put it on IGTV. Well, those can only be about 10 minutes long and it just didn't feel like the right place, but I was very nervous to start a YouTube channel and I had no editing experience and I just, it seemed like a lot. So I was on maternity leave with my fourth baby and I guess I just wasn't used to having so much downtime. And I told my husband, January, the first Wednesday in January, I'm going to post a YouTube video and I'm going to post three videos a week for six weeks and then we'll reevaluate and see if we think it's worth it. Well, that volume is like impossible if you're also working and have children. But I, I did do that for a few weeks and then I cut it back down to, to once a week now, sometimes twice a week, but usually once, um, because it was definitely worth it. I just saw the return on investment and the difference it was making and it has blossomed beautifully from there. So you started this thing January, 2019. Here we are halfway through the year in July. Give me your six months synopsis of what are the things that you think you did well? And what are the things that you think you wish you would have done a little bit better that you could have seen more success now that you've been in this half a year? Sure. So I think number one is just getting started. And I had listened to your podcast and some of the other YouTube creator podcasts um, in every moment of my free time, getting ready in the morning while I'm feeding the baby, while I'm doing the dishes or whatever. And that was really, really helpful in knowing how to get going on the right foot. And I also really like dove into the YouTube community. I wanted to learn the culture and what drew people there and understand like how people are consuming YouTube videos. So I would, you know, I, I started watching PewDiePie videos and I started watching Casey Neistat and I, you know, all the big creators and just, even though they're not technically my niche. I wanted to understand like what is drawing people into these videos. And then I also had heard a lot of podcasts that said something to the effect of like, find other people in your niche and see what they're doing. But when I did that, I couldn't find anyone in like the medical work-life balance, educational slash family life realm that I felt like, man, I just really love watching these videos. They're so entertaining. And I think part of me was like, I can do this better. And I just, I just dove in. So that was a good thing was kind of just getting into the culture. Now, one thing I'm realizing right now is that I would really like to have somebody helping me manage part of my channel. And I had no idea there were brand and just regular person YouTube accounts. And on the brand accounts, apparently you can have somebody helping manage specific aspects while mine, I think, is just a regular old person account. And so that's kind of a pain point. Switching it is going to be um, a challenge from what I'm reading. So I wish I had started it out knowing that I could potentially want to bring someone on to help in the future. I love that. And, you know, you really have no idea of knowing those things until you really get into it. So I'll give you, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a break on that. Um, but <laughs> I do want to ask this now, now that you're six months into this, what has been the most fun 
aspect of having a YouTube channel. Like when, when you looked at it in December of last year and you were on Instagram and it is a scary thought of putting yourself out there, putting yourself on camera. Like what's the most fun thing though that you, that you now have the uh, privilege of being a part of because of your YouTube channel? So I have, I have two answers to this and they both kind of revolve around the same thing. But one is that I will now already start getting occasionally patients who come in from out of town to make appointments with me and see me. And I'll say, you know, where do you want me to send your prescription to? And they'll say some pharmacy in a different city. And I'm like, what, why are you here? And they're like, well, I follow you on YouTube. And I just really liked the way that you presented information. And I just wanted to come and have an appointment with you so that I could learn more you know, about my health. And I think that is so cool to see the real life difference that it's making in that people want to be educated on their health and will seek that out if they know that there's a place for them to do that. And then the second thing is just connecting with the community and getting messages from people that say something like, you know, I was terrified to go to the GYN because that's a scary event for a lot of people, especially if they have a history of some kind of trauma. And I'll get messages that say, you know, watching your video made me see that doctors are also just normal people living their normal life and they just want to help you and they just want to do their job. And I think that is just so cool to see that you can have that kind of effect just by filming yourself and putting it on the internet. And you know, your space, like the category that you're in is such an interesting one in that you're getting people a lot of times, especially if they're seeing OBGYN for pregnancy purposes, right? You're getting them at a stage in their life where they're super excited or maybe something's going wrong and they're super nervous and super stressed out. You're adding humor to this. You're also adding a little bit of, of your own personal life and family life to this. How did you decide on, I mean, you, you talked about it briefly at the top of the show about you didn't find anyone who did exactly what you did and you're kind of carving out your own niche. Like, how did you decide on these four or five things that you wanted to really be the focal point of your channel? I think I had a little bit of an advantage here just because I've had a lot of social media experience that was not on YouTube. Um, you know, my channel probably got its first uh, 800 or thousand subscribers from people who knew me from Instagram or from my blog. So I had a little bit of a jump start there. Um, and I had been doing Instagram as a kind of same community building tool for the past year and a half. And so I kind of knew what was working there and what people were connecting with. And I also knew a little bit of what I didn't want to do, which was that on Instagram, I had started out kind of pigeonholing myself into only talking about medicine and I wanted it to be more family-centered because a, a lot of my passion of what I do on the internet is work-life balance and that, you know, you can do a lot of different things and you can, quote, have it all as long as you know what all and the definition of that is to you. And so I think I just had learned what worked there and transitioned it a little bit into YouTube, but then had to kind of bring it around to the culture of YouTube, which is a lot of kind of you need to be either commenting on things to commentaries or reactions and I don't know, Dr. Mike does a, like a lot of his channel is things that I would look at and go I could do that from an OBGYN perspective and so he's been a big inspiration and uh, I don't know just seeing what worked in other realms has helped quite a bit. 
Yeah, I, I, I love that. It's just to me, I just find your channel so interesting that you've decided to to add all of these different things to, you know, you're an OBGYN, but you're also adding humor and comedy and, and family life. And there's there's so much that that involved with your channel that it's it's just it's, it's, it's more than just medical information. And so I, I really do appreciate that you've done that. Um, let's talk about business for a minute. Um, you obviously have a, a, a good job being an OBGYN. You've got four kiddos now. You've got your hands full. But let's Let's talk about YouTube as a business. Like, are you are you possibly thinking about doing this thing full time, or maybe letting it do? Or do you love your job so much that you don't ever see yourself going full time into it? What are your thoughts on this, and how are you making money now with the channel? That's a great question. So, I I certainly never started the channel anticipating it being a business because. I have a great job that I worked really, really hard to get, and I love it a lot. I mean, obviously, if I'm spending my free time talking about it, putting it on the internet, I must really love it. <laughs> um, but I think it's become apparent that I get a lot of joy out of educating people, and I feel like I can do that in such a broad, expansive realm on YouTube. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I would ever completely quit cl clinical medicine. I love what I do. Um, but we do and have had for the, about the past five or six years plans to sometime in the near future become slightly more nomadic and do what's called locum tenum work, which is where you kind of take short-term medical contracts in other countries or it's, they have national ones in the United States too, but you essentially work somewhere and fill in for that doctor while they need help while they're on vacation or on maternity leave and things like that. So we would like to move to New Zealand for a few years. And I don't know, I think it will play into that. I don't know how exactly yet, but I hope that it can help us reach those goals that we've had. And YouTube's just giving you that ability now that you're kind of building this content up that, you know, when that time comes, it may make it a lot more easier for yourself and your husband and your family just to say, hey, listen, we have this to kind of fall back on, you know, in between the times that, that I may not have a gig or I may not have a job. And that's super cool. Now, as far as monetization goes currently right now, like, are you making money? Um, you know, are you are you a part of the, the, the ad or the partner program on YouTube? Like, how are you monetizing your content currently? Yeah, I, I am in the partner program and I think in February or March, I got my channel ads turned on and, and that's been really good. Um, it's obviously not like a full-time income. Absolutely not. Um, and then I've done a few brand deals and I really love working with brands that, um, value family and work-life balance. And so I would love to do more brand deals, but I, I'm very picky about them. I need them to be things that are actually very relevant to my audience. And that's kind of the the way I've taken it on Instagram also is that I will work with brands, but I need to be really, really happy with them because I have a good job. I don't need to do it, but I want to work with brands if they are valuable to my community. Um, and then the other thing is we've <laughs> we've been selling things on Teespring, but it's not it's funny how that came about because I never had any intention of like making quote unquote merch, but we get these conversations going on Instagram. We being the community that watches my videos and that comes to my Instagram and, and we just jointly 
find something that resonates and people say like, put this on a shirt or make something out of this. And so we do. So we make a little bit of money from that too, but it's, it's not, I mean, the money is nice. It helps me, you know, I bought a vlogging camera and I'm hoping I can make my setup a little bit better soon, but it's, it's not an income right now that would replace any of medicine yeah. or that I want to. I know a lot of times for me, you know, I was working as a recreational director at a community center for almost, I don't know, five or six years. And I did that as I started my channel. A lot of times the money coming in in the beginning really just supports your habit, right? Like it, yes. it, it really just supports whether you're getting new cameras or microphones or computers. I know, I remember the first really nice Mac you know, desktop computer I bought, I was like, I'm so, so thankful that I never thought I would be able to because it would have been a splurge or a, an extra thing normally. But with, with it bringing in money, it was like, well, I'll just make, you know, take the money I was making from ads and spend it on the hobby. You know, at the time was a hobby and now is a full-time job. I think it's super cool how, how that happens and how that's kind of your, your community has really helped you kind of create different monetization avenues for you and your channel. They're like, Hey, give us stuff to buy. We want to buy stuff from you. Um, and I think that is uh, super unique for you. Now, speaking of being unique, I get a lot of questions and a lot of emails you could imagine weekly. And they say, Dusty, you know, 2019, 2020, going forward in the future, I just don't think it's possible to grow a YouTube channel. Um, well, you know, as people have heard in this interview already, you didn't start your channel to the beginning of this year, 2019, and you've grown it now to above 100K subscribers, millions of video views. What can you tell those people? Like, what, what have you done? What do you think that you've done? I mean, there's no secret sauce, right? There is no get-rich-quick scheme. But what have you done and what have you implemented that you think have kind of laid the groundwork to help your channel become so successful so quick? Um, I think this comes down to two things. Authenticity and clearly enjoying what you're creating. Because... These videos take me a ton of time to make. I am not quick at editing and I don't know much about it. And so you have to really enjoy that process to be consistent and consistency pays off. I think that it comes across in my videos that I not only am just being myself, but that I also really enjoy what I'm talking about. And I think that people want to watch well-made videos that are pertinent to whatever information they're looking for. If the person who's presenting that information to them is really passionate about what they're speaking on. And I think anybody can incorporate that, right? Like we all have something that you could just sit on your back patio with a cup of coffee and a friend and talk about it for hours and hours. If that friend was also interested in the subject and that friend is out there on YouTube somewhere. So even if you have some obscure interest that you think nobody's going to want to watch this, if you're talking about it passionately and you really believe in it and you're spending time making a well-made video, somebody is going to resonate with that and it's going to grow. You know, you, you make a lot of good points and a lot of it is about, you know, finding your message finding your target audience. But a lot of it is really about just the passion that you have and the want to and the know-how. I get so many emails from people and I go check their channel out and maybe they've uploaded two or three videos, but then they just stopped uploading and, and, and they think that they should automatically go viral or they should automatically uh, have you know millions of video views and subscribers. But at the end of the day, it's about that passion that you have for your content. And you can hear, right, like speaking to you, like this isn't just something that you're doing 
for the publicity or for the fame. And, and obviously YouTube is, is very rare that you get famous anyways, <laughs> but you're, you're doing this because you genuinely want to help people. Like you genuinely want to help moms out. You genuinely want to help dads feel more comfortable and you genuinely want to add a humor to your video and to this type of content that not a lot of people have done historically in the past. And so you've kind of got that already figured out. And so how did you get over the speed bumps? How did you get over the fear of, you know, putting yourself out there and, and doing something that not many people are willing to do? Uh, so two things on that. Um, I love that you said, you know, people kind of sit around and expect to go viral. And I feel like I've never had that attitude. Like I've always been one that wants to delve into what is somebody doing that's making this work instead of just, I have something good to say, someone should want to watch it. And I, we have a lot of kind of Facebook groups for physicians who are trying to have a bigger social media presence. And I theme I see often is they think not in general, but occasionally you see someone who clearly thinks that because they're well-educated and well-spoken and have mm -hmm. a good message, that's, it should just automatically work. And it just doesn't work like that. You have to know how people consume information and you have to appeal to that. You have to work at it. Um, and then the other side of that, getting over the fear. I mean, I like the first time I sat down to record a video, and this is after having done Instagram lives several times a month for a relatively big audience for a year. The first time I sat down to film a video, it was like, I, I don't know. It was so hard to press record and sit down and talk. And then just getting used to talking to a camera and, you know, making sure that I was connecting with the audience that would eventually see the video, even though when you're talking, it's to a camera. Um, it was so hard. I don't know. I think you just have to press record and sit down and start talking and, I, you know, I still probably do my intro two or three times. And then finally, once I like settle down a little bit, I'm like, okay, now I'm just being myself and I can talk to the audience, but it takes a little bit to kind of get yourself in the zone. So you just have to press record and go for it. What does a, a normal day look like for you with four kids with your YouTube channel? Like, <laughs> like take me through that. Like when you wake up in the morning until you go to bed at night, like what does a normal and again, let's put an asterisk by normal, right? Because you and I both know as content creators, there really isn't a normal day because every right. day brings something new. Every day brings something different, which is why it's so fun to do what you and I get to do. Um, but at the end of the day, like, what, what does it look like for you and what tools are you using throughout the day? Um, so this is going to be different depending on if I'm working my quote unquote real job. And I don't know why I always quote that because it is my actual real job or if I have a day off. So I work technically part time, although it tends to be over 40 hours a week anyway, but I'm off on Thursdays and usually half a day on Tuesday. So if I'm going to be focusing on content creation for that day off, then the kids will, my six-year-olds are in school and then the younger kids will still go to daycare on my day off if I want them to. Sometimes I keep them home and we do other things, but, um, I, I try to kind of batch film. So I'll have a few topics that I want to talk about. And it's nice in the niche that I'm in, because if I want to talk about something like birth control options, I don't have to do a lot of like reading up to be able to talk about it. Cause it's just what I talk about in my day-to-day -day clinic anyway. So that's helpful. But I try to film like two or three 10 minute 
segments of whatever I want. And then the next Thursday, I'll try to edit some of those. And then I've just recently gotten some help with editing, which is, is really, really nice um, to have somebody to help with that. And so you've hired, have you hired someone out and, and seek someone out who does it full time and you have them edit some of your videos for you? Yeah. So I, he's only edited one and I found him on Upwork. And so this has just been in the past couple of weeks. Um, I've been able to put some of the money from ad revenue back into that. And that was so helpful. And it was hard for me to get over that hump. And then I heard a, one of, it might've been Tim Schmoyer's live stream where he talked about like how to go about hiring an editor and some of the worries that people have with that. And I thought, you know, this is worth it. So I interviewed some people on Upwork and found someone. And yeah, so I, right now I still love editing. Honestly, I like the silliness that I can add to my videos Mm -hmm. through edits. And so I don't want to outsource all of it, but it has been really nice to have a couple of videos where I don't have to think about it and I can just post it. Yeah, that was difficult for me. Like I thought about outsourcing all of my editing, but I, I have little tendencies that I like to do in my how-to videos that I think have helped people, and I think that it's it's really hard to portray and get across to other editors. You know, it, it's, it's the old saying goes, you know, nobody can do it as good as you can do it. Um, and when you talk about your business and your channel, that's your baby that you've built up, and it's really hard to kind of toss over responsibilities for your business or for your channel. Now, I've done that to with for some tedious and, and mundane tasks that I normally do in the day to day, and it's really helped me. I mean, it has really helped me uh, get past that time gate and be able to spend more time with my with my family, and that's a, a huge part of what I do. Um, and so that's you know, being a dad is the most important job that I have. And so with that being said, I don't want YouTube to ever get in the way of that. Um, and so that that's definitely very critical and important to to what I do. Um, and let's talk about that for a minute for you. How do you balance? the personal and work life stuff. Like how how do you balance this? How are you balancing having four kids, a a, a so-called full-time job, a creator job, being a YouTuber? How are you balancing all this stuff? Uh, um, I feel like because of the way that my job has been pretty much my whole career, I've gotten a lot of learning in the balance side. And something I say on Instagram a lot and on YouTube now too, is I need my life to look like it has balance in the long term. So I don't want to look at each day and decide, are we balanced? I want to look back over months or years and decide where our balance is. So if I just looked at my day, you know, today, I'm going to look more balanced towards content creation than I am to my family. But if I looked at just this past weekend, I definitely am balanced towards medicine and work. But if I look towards last week when I spent all of my time off and the weekend before that with the kids, then it's family balance. So I think you just have to look at the long term and know on a day to day basis where your pendulum's at doesn't matter as long as it kind of hits that middle mark over a long period of time. And for me, that's just been a learning process. It's been I love creating things. And so this is my me time and this is what I enjoy doing in my me time. It overlaps with medicine a little bit and it overlaps with my family a little bit. Obviously my family is always going to take priority. Um, someone once told me, and I wish I remember where I heard this at, but that it's like juggling and at different points in your life, some of the balls that you're juggling are going to be plastic and others are going to be glass. And If you need to drop a ball, just make sure you drop the plastic one because you can pick that one back up. And so I feel like 
right now I'm getting ready to take my oral boards. Uh, I can't drop the, you know, get my board certification ball. So if YouTube ball needs to drop for a little bit, then, you know, I'll pick it back up. But that's where Alex, my editor has come in really nicely is that I'm hoping I can keep my channel going while I'm prepping for boards by letting him catch that ball here and there until I get through that hurdle. You know, and I don't, I don't know if you ever feel this way, but there, there are some nights where I lay my head down and go to sleep and I think to myself, you know, did, was I, was I a good dad today? What was I a good husband today? Did, did I spend too much time on my business? Did I do this too much? And you have to get to a point to where you are honest with yourself to say, like you said, like last week, maybe I, I was putting more time in the YouTube stuff, but the weekend before that I was with my family the whole week. I just know I have a hard time and it's something I'm still internally dealing with, uh, personally, where I'm like, okay, I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better husband, but I also want to run a, a productive and successful business. And how can I do that? How can these two things coincide and they, it coexist and they can, um, and, and being the, the analogy about juggling the balls and, and having the, the plastic one drop, not the glass one. That's a great analogy is understanding what needs focus and attention at any given time. Um, and speaking of focus and attention, let's talk about here in closing the future of your YouTube channel. I mean, you've done this thing now for half a year. You're 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 basically in the the infancy stages of a YouTube channel, regardless of how many subs and how much growth you've had. It's insane how fast you've grown, but you're still in the infancy stages. What are your short-term and long-term goals with the YouTube channel? Yeah, um, my short-term goals are definitely just to keep up the consistency again while I'm going through this hurdle of having a lot of real life things that have to get checked off the list. And my long-term goal is to make it something sustainable, something that, you know, I, I like to do vlogs for our family, even though those get a lot less views, but I kind of look at it as a one for you, one for me. I'm going to publish something that everybody wants to see. And then I like making some family vlogs and I'm going to put some of those on there too, even if they make our average views a little bit lower. Um, we want to document our travels and stuff like that. So in the long term, I hope to make it something where this community can continue to grow and we can continue to give people good health information and that hopefully it will be a way that eventually I can take my family different places and have that kind of as a community that helps support us in, you know, if we're doing medical missions or if we're trying to be nomadic or whatever we decide to do. I just... I don't know. I wish I feel like I never saw the channel getting to the point it's at right now so quickly. And I mean, why would you? Why? That's that's crazy. So it's hard for me to have a long term goal because I think this was my long term goal. And I'm having to kind of circle back and figure out what is a goal? How do I set those goals? How do I uh, where do we go from here? Which is definitely a problem that I would you know, I'm not complaining. It's a problem I want to have, but it's, I don't know. I don't know where we're going. Well, I think that's okay. I think it's okay in the stage that you're in right now to not necessarily know exactly where you're going. I think that's, that's not a problem. Um, and so with that being said, I think that's so cool. Now in closing, I, I do this sometimes I, I, I do this others. It just really depends on kind of the, the guest of the show, but I want to ask you just this question in closing, what, what bit of advice or motivational, uh, you know, mo motivation would you like to give 
to my audience if they're looking to grow and start a YouTube channel right now? Like, what would you tell them if you were sitting down with them at a coffee shop? I think it would be get into the community, find what works in the niche that you want to be in, learn about those people and connect with your audience, have a way to make it feel like you're not building a YouTube channel, but just a community of people who believe in the same things and support each other and, you know, respond to all of the comments that you possibly can answer the questions. If you possibly can, like just be there and be present. If you want it to be something more than just you putting up videos into this black hole, it has to be where you're connecting and taking feedback from your audience and incorporating that into your videos and doing, you know, you need to enjoy it, but give them what they want. If people want you to make a video on a certain topic, do your best to do that. If you feel like it's something you can talk about, just have a community, build a community and focus on connecting with each other. Well, I love this. I love this conversation. This has been so fruitful. I think I've learned a lot from you just in this conversation that we've had. I think a lot of creators can learn from uh, not only your rapid growth, but just your kind of level level headedness of understanding what you're doing and, and who you're trying to reach in the target audience. I really appreciate you coming on the show, taking time and the positive words you've said about the show. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much, Dusty. I've really enjoyed your podcast and it's been really helpful and I appreciate you chatting with me today. Absolutely. And anyone who wants to get in touch with Danielle, you can do so by uh, finding all of her pertinent links in the show notes of today's episode. And uh, we'll talk to you in the next one. Thanks, Dusty. You've been listening to the YouTube Creators Podcast. We want to thank you and invite you to subscribe to the show as well as support us on Patreon for great perks, such as having your YouTube channel featured on the show and a link on our website. Until next time, keep uploading those videos.